Well, here we are in Toys R Us. What do you think George would want for his birthday, Alex? I'm the foggiest. Is it his birthday again already? It is. Time goes by so quickly, doesn't it? You know, it doesn't seem like eight years since the hazy, half-remembered period where I can only assume I gave birth to him. What do you mean? I'm not sure. I just can't remember much about it. Maybe we were just really drunk. Yes, drunk for the whole pregnancy. That must be it. Life was so different then, though, weren't it? I remember you were always whinging about something. Was I? Yeah, something you couldn't have. You were really cut up about it. A puppy. Yeah, like a puppy, only different. Seemed so important at the time. Can't remember for the life of me now. I always wanted a Breville toasted sandwich maker. That was probably it. It seals the edge of the bread all the way round so the cheese doesn't leak out. It's amazing what they can do nowadays with bread. Isn't it? But anyway, what are we going to get George? Well, he's a little boy, so we shouldn't get him anything too girly. Understood. How about a doll's house? What? A doll's house. Nothing more manly than a doll's house. He can decorate it however he wants. Strong, earthy colours with a burgundy accent wall. Lovely. I'm not sure that's quite what he had in mind. Nonsense. Who doesn't like a nice, rugged doll's house to play with? We can get him some little blank-eyed peg dolls to teach him about girls. That won't be creepy at all. Can we just get him the New England strip? What? And forgo the joys of a doll's house? Never. How's he going to learn how to brush people's hair and conduct an excellent tea party? These are skills every young popular boy needs to know. I'm not sure, Claire. How about a transformer or a model of a dinosaur? No, no, no! That's it. I'm putting my foot down. We're getting the doll's house. End of argument. We're getting it. Now, we've also got to get a present for your brother. He loves brilliantly written and executed fantasy drama, so I'm thinking a Merlin box set. Yes, dear. Hello everyone and welcome to Series 4, Episode 2 of the Ucast. I'm back and I'm very excited. I've missed out on the all the kind of early season excitement because I wasn't here last time but uh, joining us again is Eric I mentioned that first before I forget hello hello uh, not that I could ever forget you but uh, you yeah, I'm actually fairly forgettable in many ways okay I don't know who said that <laughs> with <laughs> Eric the silent <laughs> uh, so with me and Eric this week are um, let's see the lovely Laura hello I'm here the uh, rather happy looking well always happy looking 
Andy Cantor. Hello, I'm happy. And the uncharacteristically quiet Chris Sigma. Hello. Hopefully that's... <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I'm still excited, which is why I'm finding it hard to find the words in the right order. But anyway, um, I think we should kick on with Oodcast News. Oodcast News. Hello and welcome to the Oodcast News. Like a cuckoo pushing the old headlines over the side of the nest and replacing them with newly hashed facts. Carpet Right have issued a product recall over their special deep pile Axminster. Gang members in London have reacted angrily to news reports suggesting that the recent rioting on the Capitol streets were nothing more than pointless violence and theft. In a statement, a spokesman pointed out that it got the BBC to put Doctor Who on earlier, so there was definitely a point to it. News now of George. He has been clearing out the cupboard, but was a bit scared when he found snow and an old lamppost at the back. The moth is said to be delighted at the narrative possibilities. And that's the Oodcast News for this week. Chim Chimney, I've been Daniel Mays. Shine your shoes, Governor, for a farthing. Oodcast News. So this week we got treated to a Mark Gatiss special. Is it Gatiss? Uh, or is he it wrote Gattis? It. Oh, well, I don't know. I'm going to go for Gatiss. I'm going to go for Gatiss. I'm going to call him Gartis. Okay, I'll call him Mark. Ooh. Eric, what's the American pronunciation? Gatiss, and I believe that's also what he uses, but who cares yeah, what he says? What who I cares what he says? I met him. I gave him a new car CD. I did. What's I he do forced with it? it into did his Did you call hand? him Mr. Gattis? Is that why he hasn't ever said anything about the podcast? I was so, so scared that I mumbled something about pyjamas, thrust it into his hand and ran. <laughs> I would have <laughs> called him Gatto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, he's a very nice man, though. Uh, and I hope that he listens to it. Eventually. I said, this has got a song on it about your episode to the tune of There'll Be Bluebirds Over the White Cliffs of Dover. I think Did you do it in I that said. voice, that kind of trembly sort of... I did. I might cry at any moment. Because they are amazing. Mm. When you see someone in real life that you're used to seeing on the television, your brain just short circuits, mm. or at least mine does. I agree. I saw Lionel Blair once. <laughs> I was on the telly once. A man made me do a meatloaf impression. <laughs> <laughs> what, hang on, the food substance yeah. no, or the rock star? Seriously, I said to I said to him, I like to sing, and he said, Oh, well, what do you like to sing? I said, Well, give give me any singer, and I'll sing a bit of their song. And bearing in mind that I'm a young lady, you are a lung a lung lady. I'm a, I'm a lung lady, which is also a type of African fish that lives in mud and can breathe amphibiously. Anyway, big um, lungs. That's right. And he picked meatloaf for me to sing. Right. Do, do it now. That's right. Do it a now. massive Go on. bloke. No, I will not. Go on. I will not. I Go already on. did it on football TV or wherever it, that Wazix was. Did you sing the meatloaf better like any of the female parts or many no, of the No, I, ju- I just sang You raise me up, will you? Sorry. I believe I sang I would do anything for anything for love, that one. And was this the point? This, and was this the point where you realised you were a really good singer and you thought, gee, I could use this on a podcast one day? No, it was the point where I realised that any chance for future career in the commercial world of music was utterly dead to me. So you went on stars in your eyes as Meatloaf. No? <laughs> I'm mortally offended. Sorry. You probably on Celebrity Big Brother. 
I've got an idea. <laughs> Laura is actually famous enough now to be on Celebrity Big Brother. That is kind of the level yeah. of celebrity. My aunt is famous enough now to be on Celebrity Big Brother. <laughs> what did she do? Nothing. She's just my aunt. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I think we should start the campaign now. <laughs> we get them both on. Eric's aunt and Laura on Celebrity Big Brother. I've got an idea. I had an accident near a bus stop when I was about 12. Okay. What happened? That's, that's quite notorious. You're in the final three then. This is good. So like a bat out of hell, we're coming back to the <laughs> Night yeah. Terrors review. That was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming we've all seen it. Of course yeah, we have. Yeah. I've only seen it once, which means I will only be able to say very kind of surface things about it. I thought twice and thought about it a great deal afterwards. Good. Ah, that's Excellent. handy. So Good. maybe so you, could, you. you could you. take it away, I Eric. Know, look at me. I'm Wait, prepared. Can I just say something? There was a doll's house in it. Well done. Well, that's kind of the level it's I'm going to be like at. Ibsen in that regard. I was going to make that joke. Oh. Do you know what I thought? <laughs> when they were... When the Doctor was sonicking all those robots around the bedroom, what I really expected to see, just craftily in the corner of the screen, was a, a Dalek. Or a, Dalek a quark. Figure. Or a quark, yeah. <laughs> Waving its funny little arms around like Andy when he gets excited. Yes. What I thought was very interesting, actually, about the toys was, A, apparently the sonic does do plastic. It doesn't Ooh, do what yeah. it does plastic. Um, ah. The other thing was, those toys were, like, very 80s. And... The story seemed to be set now. Ah, but there was the reference to Rolf Harris and um, who would you, what's her name, on a 90s pet show. So maybe it was set in the 90s. You mean Animal Hospital? Sorry, Animal Hospital. Yeah, that one. Maybe it's just that the writer is a bit old. That was the other thought I had, but I didn't want to say that because, you know, I don't want to burn bridges. Yeah, the other day I made a joke about the A-team and this crowd of young people just stood around and looked at me (laughs) blankly. I wanted to punch them. That terrible movie with that guy from The Hangover. No, the original 80s the television original. series. You just gotta, you just got to pity the fools, Laura. Oh, I do. <laughs> so, Eric, as our guest reviewer, what did you think of this <laughs> episode? I actually, um, I actually really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it more the second time. And I think he's actually getting at some really interesting things about childhood and fathers mm. and sons, um, which he did very well also in... Um, Idiot's Lantern, which is really just a story about a father and a son with mm. a silly alien monster thrown in. This has a very similar vibe. I think this seems to be what he does well when given free, a free hand to write his story as opposed to, we need World War II and Churchill and Daleks, and then you get Victor the Daleks, <laughs> which opinions vary. Um, but no, I really, I really liked it. I thought it was essentially just a giant metaphor for the fact that children both fight against but yet become ultimately what their parents want them to be the thing mm-hmm. that every kid wants more than anything in the world is the approval of and especially for boys the approval of your dad that's what you want mm. right well thank you for listening to the Ubcast <laughs> I, th- I think you've done better than we were <laughs> <laughs> that's not our charm our charm isn't being decisive he used it's... the, word, he used the word, meta- word metaphor I'm slightly scared now <laughs> what's a metaphor well, I uh, <laughs> saw outside the back of our office the other day a pink doll's house that had been shattered and I wondered if it had maybe been kicked in by a frightened child. Hmm? I thought that the overuse no, I am going to say that, yeah the absolute overuse of the <laughs> I'm going to kill you type voiceover effects was just very very boring. Uh, it's a Doctor Who trope. Go back to Remembrance, no, the Daleks. It just once yeah. or twice. Jangu- and then they don't say anything, and that's what makes it scary. But it just, they overused it so much. To the yeah. I no kind of terrifying. agree with our loss on this. Oh, you see? Yes. 
Yeah, I thought that the uh, the scenes in the doll's house got a bit repetitive generally, and I wondered if it was a budget issue, maybe that I think you know on a bigger budget. Uh, I, I, a bigger I, budget version of the episode might have seen the toys that were in the bedroom also in the doll's house or maybe toys that he didn't like um, crawling around the There doll's would be house. no point in that because the point of the cupboard is that everything he's scared of goes in there, which is why everything yeah. in the doll's house is in the doll's house. Which, but which I thought the repetitive nature... Which is why I corrected myself halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> the repetitive nature of those scenes, I think, just built up the tension more. And the, uh, the overuse... Way, Ah, exciting! Um, the overuse of, uh, as you called it, of the of the kind of sing song voice, I thought built up the, the the creepiness and the tension just a little bit more, and it reinforced the fact that this is entirely a child's fear and a child's world. But I've always found that sort of oh, I'm a lady ah! thing. Sorry, <laughs> it scares me. Yes, it does. It raises the hairs on the back of my neck. But this time, it almost didn't i was just like, oh shut up actually it's true that if you aren't able to scare laura then you really are doing something wrong i actually i watched it with laura and i think i found it much scarier than she did which is funny because mm-hmm. i'm actually a fan of horror movies and so i think it was the fact that they were playing with those horror movie tropes in a very familiar yeah. way that kind of allowed me to not mind the fact that the scenes in the dolls really are just filler it, it is just, we have to have some menace going on here when really the menace is a psychological mm, menace, mm, not an actual mm. physical one. I mean, it was a cheap episode, and I don't mean that it looked cheap, because I actually mm. think some of the cinematography was some of the most beautiful of the uh, series so mm. far. But it was, essentially, you needed a council house set, and you needed a manor set. And there wasn't even a scene, I don't believe, where they looked out of the window onto the big bedroom, or in any way those two worlds met, mm. other than seeing the doll's house in the cupboard so actually a very cheap episode in terms of money i think but they really got around that with some absolutely stunning camera work i thought some of the i've only seen it once but some of the images were stayed with me i thought it was very striking did anybody find that when amy and rory went and picked up all the plaster things and wooden things it reminded them of the tale of hunker munker never seen it only you, probably. Beatrix Potter is about two mice who try and move into a doll's house and then finally <laughs> can't eat any of the food because it's oh, all stuck Oh, it probably was based on that, yeah. I, I like that the funny. comedy element of it a lot. The fantastic double act of Matt Smith and Danny Mays and all the jokiness that Matt Smith comes out with all the way through, which um, kind of underscores the horror element brilliantly because I'm all the way I'm through I'm thinking this is quite scary but oh I'm laughing I'm laughing loads but it's still scary that's a quite a feat to you can't bring have the off. peaks without the troughs mm. though can you Andy mm, no. that's what I've said no. and also farmers say that no they say that you can't have peaks without <laughs> troughs sorry people who study wave mechanics say you can't have the peaks without the troughs you can't have troughs without plows either really mm. what what metal ones what are you talking about well I don't have to be metal you're not talking about troughs you're talking about ditches my? You can't yeah. have swords without plowshares or the other way around. <laughs> Says the Bible. Okay. <laughs> so the Danny Mays, did you say? The, Danny the Mays. Father, is, he, is he somebody He's here? quite. He, well, he, he was played, in the last series of Ashes to Ashes. He played the big bad in Ashes to Ashes. Uh, Don't say the big bad. We People haven't finished what, it. Why I didn't have you say that? Sorry. I haven't finished it. Is oh. he the big bad? He seemed like a nice chap when I last saw it. No, he's a nice chap, Chris. He okay. doesn't do anything he's wrong. He's lovely. He's, he's, he's very friendly. Great glasses. He's also in a couple of uh, well-respected independent films. Mm. Uh, there's one called Shifty, I think, with Riz Ahmed. That had a big success. He was so It was a two-hander with him. Yes, yeah, so he's a sort of up-and-coming, trendy young actor. I like him, but he always looks like he's got a cold. Who's that guy who just looks evil? 
as if every single fibre of him is steeped in the blood of kittens. David Cameron? Oh, yeah, it is satire. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's only satire if it's fake. <laughs> what? Never mind. So, anyhow, who is he? Who is he? Ugly. David Cameron. He's the Prime Minister <laughs> of, of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. The guy Ireland. who's in love with his puppy. I don't know. He played... Wasn't his name Purcell? The character. I like the, actually, yeah. yeah. I like the way the dog just, like, looks off into the middle distance a little bit disinterestedly <laughs> when he disappears into the carpet. There was the inclination that that dog had seen some really unpleasant things. I yeah. Think. There was yeah. a hint, just a hint, of something very dark going on with that Well, man. there was... With him, there was an element of the Bill Sykes kind of... The, an interesting kind of Dickensian kind of element to it. With he the, was a dick. <laughs> In Zian character. But I tell you what, I would. Another reason I'd like to see more variation of the scenes in the doll's house was you got these two characters, landlord and the old lady, who go into it, and you're like, they don't do anything when they're there. No, because they're too scared and they get caught by they the get doggies. Killed. By which point, I love the transformation. It, I assume mm. it was done mm. in a kind of Ardman animation stop motion. <laughs> A bit at a time, and it was just so creepy and off kilter. I love the idea. You're going to be dollified now, so stand still. Layers of paper mache follow. <laughs> just a tiny. I'll just move this a tiny amount, and then I'll take a picture, and then just move it a tiny amount more. Take another picture. Yeah, for like hours. You should talk like that all the time, by the way. Okay, I will. Um, so, yes, uh, so I would just say what I think about it. I think it's definitely Gattis' best by a long chalk, um, except maybe The Unquiet Dead. I love that Unquiet too. Unquiet Dead is better. I think so too. Mm. But it was sort of up there for him. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and I think, well... <laughs> what do you think about him? I think I love him as a person. I love The League of Gentlemen with all my heart and mm. a lot of the other things he's done. And when I heard that he was writing in the first series, his was the episode that I was looking forward to when the series came back i i think he's brilliant but after that first one the next two i really felt quite let down by and i think out of all the people who are currently swirling around doctor who as possible showrunners he yeah. has the strongest chance of becoming there are rumors. the next showrunner oh, no. there are rumors too and there are rumors that that's why he's he well that that is why he's been given difficult things to write like the dalek episode because I don't know, a test or giving him a look at the worst parts of... I don't know. I like the Dalek episode. I thought it was a bit strange, but I liked it. Um, so there I, feel, are... I feel he has potential, and I think if, things like these are all sort of exhibits for that case. Laura. What about, what about just, you know, throwing a spanner in the works here? What about Jane Espenson for showrunner? She's had a bit of a go of the British thing now. She knows the Hooniverse. I, I would take it. Jane Espenson. She's done some pretty major things in the US, hasn't she? What was it? Firefly, yes. Buffy, Which Angel, Star Galactic. She ran Caprica and hated every minute of it. Apparently, oh rubbish. Yes, but this is not Caprica. This is a bit jollier. It's it's more. She likes writing. She doesn't like running. She. I don't like plus, running. I honestly, yeah, running. Or <laughs> any kind of sport. I honestly don't see the BBC ever hiring an American to be the showrunner for Doctor Who. I just don't see it ever happening. Mm-hmm. Oh. As lovely as it would be for them to call Joss Whedon on the phone and say, hey, Doctor <laughs> Who is yours. I do that make you giggle. A lady. Why not have a really good lady who can do dark stuff and funny stuff? Hello, Neil Gaiman. Uh, 
you're doing anything for the next 10 months. Are you saying he's a lady? You are? Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm saying he's an American kind of. He is, isn't he? I mean, he was, oh, he was British first. He was British first. Okay. I don't know that he's even a citizen. He still has an accent. Bye. <laughs> is, is that the clincher? You lose your accent, then you can become a citizen. Essentially, yes. All right, okay. It's the Peter Jennings test. It's good to know. Thanks. I would love it. And I've said many a time, and I shall say it again. Gaiman is Moffat's Moffat. Hmm? Gaiman is Moffat's Moffat. You're just... That's, that, there's just words and names that, are, that have meaning. Yes. Like, as in Moffat was RTD's Moffat, i.e. the brilliant <laughs> guy who did one or two episodes and knocked them out of the park. I think Gaiman is Moffat's Moffat. Well, there we have that then. <laughs> if he ever writes again, we'll see. I don't think he. I don't think Gaiman will ever write. For should, the show again. should we go okay. back to Night Terrors? <laughs> yes. Have we got more to say? Right then, George. You all right? Yes. Are you going to save me from the monsters? Of course. Love a good monster hunt. No need to worry. I always catch them, except that one time. But that was a bit messy. So there's no need to mention that, is there? Is there something wrong with me? Mummy and Daddy want to send me away. Oh, I'm sure they don't really. But there is something wrong with you. Bob the Builder Pajamas? Your Daddy said you were almost eight years old. I am. But if you're really that old, then you should be into Doctor Who by now and wearing pajamas with me and the TARDIS on, not ones with that cowboy on. Always overcharging just because they named the town after him, that bloke. Daddy said he couldn't afford him. A likely story. Anyway, now, your fears. (gasps) Don't do that so much. You'll create a vacuum. Ooh, are you afraid of vacuum cleaners? Uh Uh-huh. Noisy, aren't they? How about dusters, mops, buckets, spades, beaches, shells? What kind of shells? The kind you find on the beach. (gasps) All right, how about board games, teddy bears, loose change, fezzes, double-decker buses, ham, crisps, chocolate. Oh, come on, no one's afraid of chocolate, surely. Please save me from the monsters. Cottage cheese! Oh, hang on, that stuff terrifies me. Can't expect you to be that brave. What about pens, traffic cones, bees, balls, broken biscuits, Battenberg cake, bumpy roads, balloons, bridges, buttons? The letter B. (gasps) Bad letter, I suppose. Matchsticks, money, monkeys wearing jaunty caps, pizzas, people, pastel-coloured bath towels. Ah! This is no good. We're not getting anywhere, are we? No. Please save me from the monsters. Doctor, what are you doing in here? I thought we were all off. I'm trying to save George from his monsters, but I can't figure out what's wrong exactly. I've tried narrowing it down, but we've got no closer. Panacephobia. What? Panacephobia, the fear of lists. Ah, well, that explains a lot. At least we know it's not pantophobia. I wouldn't blame him there, though. Pantos are well scary. Oh no, they're not. I really like the little kind of the the um, the fan mentions the touches the children's stories the doctor mentions was really funny. The, uh, the well, doctor the, the, children's the, the three little Sontarans, the Emperor Dalek's new clothes, and the uh, Snow White and the Seven Key- Keys to Doomsday. I thought they were all really nice little touches. Um, and he mentions the vampires of Venice. That's a belter. Oh no, that was in the the one we did last week. Yeah, (laughs) but he he does mention that because of the. um, In fact, you mentioned that last week. I did, didn't I? Yeah, he does mention it in this one because of the perception filter. Does he? Yeah. Just perception filters in general, because that's in like every episode. Well, he was talking about that and said, "Well, it's a perception filter." You know, like when we saw 
the vampires in Venice. And oh, brilliant. I, I'm pretty sure he said that. I like the Rubik's Cube. Oh, these things are rubbish. They've got to be broken, haven't they? <laughs> it's, yeah, because the, the obvious joke is that the Doctor solves it. And, yeah. and, you know, he's doing it one and you cut to another <laughs> camera shot and then he's back and it's all done. And just the fact he can't do it is quite funny. We'll leave that to Will Smith in The Pursuit of Happiness. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Um, I wasn't sure about the little boy. I think he did a good job of the, <laughs> I'm so scared. But later on, he just sort of stood around looking like um, he'd been sniffing glue. <laughs> what? It's totally wall-eyed, dribbling <sighs> thing. Put yourself in his position, though, Loz. You know, surrounded by papier-mâché-fied versions of Amy and the landlord and in a big doll's house that you weren't expecting to find i think you might i did actually have a doll that looked a lot like them it had the massive big spoony head (laughs) did you wet your bed every night i think i would have done so if i had had a doll like that no 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 it was just the one time at the bus stop that i mentioned (laughs) (laughs) you had your bed at the bus stop it was a brief and interesting period in her life um, the the dollhouse itself, I found interesting that it was a boy had a dollhouse because that would never, almost never happen in the States. And I was wondering whether Gatiss was deliberately there and again trying to imply something about the young man just like he did in The Idiot's Lantern. I would imagine, I don't think a doll's house is, I don't, I think you may be reading that in. I, I mean, doll's houses are intrinsically a bit weird and scary and obviously it had to be something that when they were transported into they didn't immediately get if they were mm. transported into a game of kaplunk or connect four they'd probably work out where they were a lot quicker that would have been amazing though wouldn't it with the great big kaplunks dropping through i yep. think also the doll's house was old wasn't it so it was more likely to be either something that was left there when they moved in or a family thing or perhaps when he became this perfect child he consolidated loads of stuff around him, you know, when reality changed, when the perception filter started or something, and a doll's house is a generic child toy. And so that was mm. part of... I mean, we don't know how it works, this uh, magpie thing. Not magpie, sorry, cuckoo. Sorry, cuckoo, wrong bird. Talking of which, Mark Gatiss wrote a story in one of the annuals or the storybooks called Cuckoo Spit about aliens that turned into kids. So, once again, I don't think this is a wholly original piece. Blink was based on an annual story, was it not? It was indeed. I thought it was one for the, for the adults as much as it was for the children. You know, children being scared by it, obviously going to happen. But um, I think the adults would have come away with a, a, a fresh perspective on child psychology. Maybe. I don't know. I thought the ending, I thought the ending was somewhat twee. Um, I was sitting there next to Eric, who oh. was blubbing away <laughs> like a baby, c- completely silently. Oh. I got, I got, so I didn't even know, and I was just like, oh, this is a bit pants. <laughs> I, got, I got quite cross with people complaining that the ending was rubbish, because that made me cry as well. But then I have a son, so I actually understand these grown-up things, all you immature people. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. I've got a son too. He's just, what? Oh, right. <laughs> a previous yeah. marriage. <laughs> okay well i think we should wrap this up so if we could all go around and if they have any last thoughts say now or forever hold your peace i really liked it honest yes brilliant i really enjoyed it as well and i think gatus is the most underrated writer currently working on who and i think all of his stories have more depth than at first appear i thought it was a bit of a curate's egg um 
which for the Americans means that it was rotten in parts and good in parts, but the rotten parts made the good parts a bit rubbish too. I was quite excited by it in that I felt a bit like an estate agent. I was able to look into lots of different people's houses and see what the inside of a council flat was like. They weren't real. <laughs> wow. Now, Mr. and Mrs. Mead, if you'd step this way, welcome to your dream home. Oh, Chris, this is so exciting. I know. Get your nails out of my arm. Sorry, my lovely. Got a little bit carried away. If you'll just step through here, we'll find the delightfully bijou lounge area. That means tiny, doesn't it? Oh, it's charming. So deliciously working class. And look, so thoroughly labelled. Ah, uh, yes, I'm, I'm glad you noticed that. <laughs> Why are there so many labels? I mean, it's it's all labelled, everything. Oh, yes. Um, this drawer says contains spiders. And look, hat stand. In fairness, sir, that is a hat stand. Well, yes. Doesn't account for the rest, though. Well, quite right, yeah. But I'm afraid we haven't quite managed to fathom out the previous occupant's labelling system. This biscuit tin says ducks. And the fridge freezer is labelled shifty-looking cattle at the top and manky-looking seagulls at the bottom. I know it looks odd, but it really does seem to be a harmless form of amusement for a lonely man. It doesn't look like a man's handwriting to me, more like a child's. I don't remember the previous tenant having any children. This cupboard says Mr Haggerty's dog. See? It just sounds like gibberish to me. And this one says mouldy cheeses. This chest of drawers is interesting. All different labels. Car horns after midnight, chalk scraping on blackboards, the squeaky door at my school and daddy's voice when he realises I'm not human. Well, I, I think we've seen enough, really. Are you interested in taking the flat? About 350 months. We are. There's no way we'd find anything else this cheap. Chris, look at Doll's house. How lovely. Wait, don't touch that. Oh, looks old, doesn't it? Pretty good condition, though. Definitely. Just look at the quality of this woodwork. Oh, bugger. Back to square one, then. Possibly the most middle-class ending to that sentence you could have given. I do like looking at poor people. (laughs) Um, I I loved it, um, and I am slightly annoyed at people comparing it to Fear Her, because it's not the same thing at all. It's the opposite way around, as far as I can see. Um, I I thought it was creepy um, to the right kind of extent, and the emotion wasn't too much at the end, I think, for, for me anyway. It was good, really fun, and the dialogue was great. How scared are you now, Laura? Oh, I'm quaking in my little space boots. She looks a little bit nauseated. Okay, well, thank you for listening to another episode of the Ucast. This is the last week with young Eric in it. He is flying back to the US of A to... Re- <laughs> to uh, start again after his British adventure. Have you enjoyed yourself? I've had a lovely time in your fair country. What would you say was the highlight? Don't say us. Well, now I have to think about it because I was going to say you. <laughs> uh Chips. Chips. Good. Um, and he means potato fries. Not the two-minute time, Lord. Uh, don't, don't, doesn't chips mean crisps over here? He meant chips. I, I, I was, I was oh. making the joke He was anglicising. Oh, yes. oh, I see. Completely deceived. The tube. <laughs> and if you've enjoyed this rambling mess of words and half-complete metaphors and images, then you might enjoy other episodes of ours at theoodcast.com, or you could join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash theoodcast, or follow us on Twitter at many different 
Twitter addresses, all with Udin at some point. Uh, that was the easy way of doing that one. <laughs> Very complete. Well, bye-bye from me, then Laura Meedy Sigma. L- Laura Meedy Sigma. Bye from me, Ood Andy. Goodbye from me, Chris Alpha. Goodbye from me, Erica. Not an Ood in any way. And goodbye from me, Chris Sigma. Catch you next time if we do an episode. Bye! <laughs> Hi, Amy. Hi, Rory. Do you want to go for a ride in this lift? Sure, Rory. Jump in. Ah! I'm a creepy doll in a creepy doll's house. High-pitched crying, horrifying. If I touch your skin, you'll quickly turn in. Transformation, crazy animation. Come on, Dolly, let's kill Rory. I'm a creepy doll in a creepy doll's house. Blankly staring, all dressed wearing. I have tiny eyes, I'm evil and bite-sized. Ambulation, causing mutilation. I'm a tall Scottish cow in a fantasy world. Running here, running there from the Dollies. You're my wife, you're my life. Feel the panic increase. Push through here, follow me. Come on, Amy. I've been caught. That's not good. From now on, I'm made of wood. Ooh, I'm a creepy doll in a creepy doll's house. Stiffly moving, life removing. I walk over here, pop by psychic fear. Doesn't make sense. It's dramatic license. Come on, Dolly, let's go, Rory. I'm Come on, Dolly, let's kill Rory. Come on, Dolly, let's kill Rory. Come on, Dolly, let's kill Rory. It's too late, meet your fate. Now you're trapped on the stair. We are evil pet dolls, and you better beware. Come on, George, set all down. There is no need to run. I'm your dad, don't be mad. I love you, son. Let's kill Rory. Come on, Dolly. Let's kill Rory. Come on, Dolly. Let's kill Rory. Come on, Dolly. Let's kill Rory. Let's kill Rory. Come on, Dolly. Let's kill Rory. Come on, Dolly. Let's kill Rory. Come on, Dolly. Let's kill Rory. Oh, I'm having so much fun. Well, Amy, we're just getting started. Oh, I love you, Rory. Okay, so the haiku for night terrors. House call for bedtime can't save him from the monsters. But that's because dads rock. Oh, nice. Dads do rock, don't they? Yes, we do.